Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Winging It with Zakawani. I'm sitting here at Starfire, right where the sound is trained, where I've been coming in for years. And this week, we're looking forward to two big games coming up, one in the Champions League and, of course, the MLS home opener against LAFC. But before we do that, let's kind of recap what took place just a few days ago in El Salvador for the Sounders. I want to say that nothing about this game shocked me. I've played in the Champions League. I've played in El Salvador. I've played in Guatemala, in Honduras. I've played against teams that I knew we were more talented than we should be. But the thing about this competition at this time of year is one, no matter how hard you train in preseason, you're never going to be match fit. Match fitness is very different to training. You can run all day, you can run all night, but there's nothing like the conditioning you get from playing in actual games. And for the Sounders, that was their first real game. Santa Tecla had played at least eight games to that point, and that levels your talent right away. The second thing is the conditions, the locker room conditions, the travel, the field conditions, all these things kind of come together, and that also becomes a more level playing field. There's a reason why when a lot of these teams from Central America come to play MLS teams in the States, they lose. The MLS teams win. There's a big difference between sleeping in your own bed, driving your own car to the stadium, the route you always take, showing up in front of your fans and just playing in great conditions in front of a great fan base. It's normal. When you go away and face that kind of adversity at this stage of the season, being February, with MLS have not even started, it's going to be tough. So I'm not surprised the Sounders um, had a tough go of it, especially in that second half. With that said, 2-1, fantastic result. Away goal, coming back home. If you had offered me a second leg against Santa Tecla and said just win 1-0 and join the next round, every single one of us would have taken it. So it's a great position the Sounders are in. I fully expect the team to progress to the next round. It will be a catastrophe not to progress. After getting a good result in your first real competitive outing for the 2018 season, Santa Tecla know that that was a good result for the Sounders. And not only did they get an away goal, what an away goal by Nico Lodero. Not that I'm surprised by anything that man does at this point, but it was a fantastic goal. He seems to be at least in mid-season form. But Sounders fan base, there's no need to worry. It was team in a great position. It's a team built for the knockout competitions. Brian Schmelzer has been fantastic so far in coaching these kinds of situations, two runs to the MLS Cup final. And now in the Champions League, you know, we want to progress to the next round. And to do that, having to win just 1-0 at the bare minimum at home, I fully expect this team to be able to do that. It's a big week for the Sounders. Santa Tecla and then, of course, LAFC will be previewing both games as they're coming up. But before we go on to the next segment, I do want to interact with you and answer a couple of your questions. We've got quite a few on the Ask Zach hashtag on Twitter. And one of them was about the differences in formation between 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2 diamond. And they are different. I've always been a guy who says it's 11 versus 11. It doesn't really matter when you're out there. But when you're facing a diamond, it can be tough. Or you're playing in a diamond, it can be tough because 
the wingers are very, very narrow. At times, does that, does that suit the Sounders? Yes, because Sounders don't have any natural wingers. So the likes of a Harry Ship or Nico Lodero, if Christian Rodin's out there, they tend to come inside. Victor Rodriguez, they don't want to be outside. So that kind of suits the personnel the Sounders have. But I do prefer for this team still a 4-2-3-1 because that allows you when everyone is fit to get Roldan and Alonso anchoring your midfield and then freeing up the likes of Nico, Victor Rodriguez and Clint Dempsey. And so every formation is different. Every team plays it different. But for this Sounders team, I definitely prefer the 4-2-3-1. We've got Stefan Fry coming up on the show today. I was drafted in the same year as Stefan Fry. I've known Stefan for a long time. I've played against Stefan Fry many times. And now Stefan Fry, of course, is the Sounders' number one goalkeeper. Arguably now he's pushing for all the club records as a goalkeeper back there. He set the shutout record last year. We'll be talking to Steph, one of the more recognizable names on this team, former MLS Cup MVP. He'll be here. Stay tuned on Winging It with Zach Wani. Acrobatic effort. Acrobatic save. Wonderful from Stefan Fry. Fry with another very good save. And the curled effort, wonderful save from Fry. Again, a chance to go for distance. This time, a very good save from Fry. What the save from Fry! How on earth does that one stay out? Well, that might have even eclipsed his save in MLS Cup as well. And welcome back to Winging It with Zakawani. And I'm joined by the one, the only, former MLS Cup MVP, the man who set the Seattle Sounders single season shutout record in goal he mans the net like no other he's the one he's the only the guy behind Wrinkle Wednesday keep on going social keep media going. I like that <laughs> I can go going. all day <laughs> no Stefan Fry good to see you Steph good to see you too thanks for having me good man um, I want to kind of talk about last season okay I feel like you know the team fell short of their goals but would you say personally speaking that might have been your best season professionally um, uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a good year. Uh, I think for goalkeepers, what's important is consistency. And, um, uh, you know, we, we look at pretty much every goal, um, and, and, and see what could we have done better. And, uh, and obviously there's a clear, uh, the glaring errors that, you know, it's, it's even a, a fourth grader is going to say that that, that goalkeeper mm-hmm. screwed up. Right. So, yeah. uh, yeah. but I think we look at everything, even the ones where most people will be saying, uh, uh, n- not not a chance in the wor- in the world that he's going to save that, and we still find something where we're like, you know, we're very critical like that. But um, I-, I think there there wasn't too many um, yeah. where um, I could have done enough different things to potentially change it. Yeah. Uh, I still could have done better things, but um, yeah. But so so the consistency was was good. I thought. Um, I think one thing that I was very, very happy with, and we worked hard with, especially with, with, with Gonzo as a, as a coach, is trying to play out of the back. And, and um, um, we expected to have stupid turnovers that would lead to, lead to goals. Um, and uh, we, we actually, I don't think we had any. That no, we, we had a couple that I think I gave one in Vancouver straight to uh, a surprise striker who then uh, gave it straight back to me, which was awesome. <laughs> but uh, but but no, none of those that led straight to goals, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, we take a bit of a risk back there, um, and we expect it to be uh, bitten once or twice, mm-hmm. um, but it turned out all right. So that was a positive as well. And then as a, as a team, just for us to get um, all the way back in, into the final, is uh, it's a grueling season, right? Yeah. A short off-season, grueling long season. Um, that was a good, good, big accomplishment. But like you said, I mean, it ultimately came up just a tiny bit short. Yeah, I remember we came in the league at the same time, um, for those who don't know. 
I remember being in Akron, Ohio, and there was a few names I would hear about the upcoming draft. One was Omar Gonzalez. Um, O'Brien White was another one. Mm. And there was Stefan Fry from the goalkeepers. I would hear that. So I've watched you since all now we played against each other. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously I'm on the analyst side, analyzing you now. Um, you seem to me to just be, you, this is the most commanding I've seen you in goal. Some of the great goalkeepers like Peter Schmeichel, like the goal looked tiny when he was there. He was just so commanding. And for me, you seem to be more and more just confident and commanding and in your own element. Is that because you've been playing injury-free for a while and just getting better and better? Or... Is it a confidence that comes from being a champion and an MVP? Um, the, uh, the, 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 the champion, MVP, national team call-up, those mm-hmm. are all big uh, confidence boosters, uh, yeah. no doubt. But, but um, you have a serious injury and you're out even after those confidence boosters, um, uh, that confidence dwindles very quickly. So uh, a, a big part is being able to stay on the field consistently and playing, uh, practicing, working on your game, um, and hopefully translating it on, on weekends. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very fortunate because, I mean, you, you know what Tom Dutra can do. You've seen him. Um, so I, I just follow his lead, honestly. We work our butts off. Uh, I've always had a really good keeper unit around me here. Um, even when I first got here and we had Josh Ford and, and Marcus mm-hmm. Hanneman. Yeah. Uh, all the way till now, you know, with, uh, with uh, Brian Meredith and, and Callie Brown. Uh, good goalkeepers, you know, yeah. and, uh, but, but Tommy sets that standard. You know, and so I think we we always try to get better on a daily basis, and then um, it, it gives you a, a decent chance to maybe um, have one of those things that you've been working on show up on the weekend, mm-hmm. and that th- th- those those are little wins for you as a goalkeeper yeah. because it validates that the work, the hard, the work you're putting in, it's working, yeah. it's working exactly, yeah. and yeah. I think that's that, that that's been helping um, throughout my career with the sound with the Sounders. Were you at the draft in '09? Uh, yes, I was. Yeah. Uh-huh. When we sat in that room, and <laughs> all of us trying to figure out which yeah. city we're going to, whatever. Um, what were some of the things like? What were you hoping to accomplish? Like, would you have predicted then that now in 2018, the things you've won and done, and the person you've become in this league, like, did you think that was possible back then? Um, no. I mean, you, I, th- I think at that point you're just um, trying to fulfill a dream, right? This yeah. is a, and I remember, uh, you know, I mean, I was very fortunate because I signed a GA deal. So the, the draft for me was, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, you, you knew it's, already it's a little paid, bit, yeah. exactly. It's a little bit, <laughs> you know, for some guys I know being drafted uh, sixth or yeah. 28th, there's a big, big difference. So for at least that was out the window. Um, I had, a, I had, I was very lucky in the combine because I think I was the only goalkeeper on my team. So I got a lot mm. of playing time which allowed me to get the MVP of the combine there, mm-hmm. had a decent showing, so it made me feel good. Uh, I couldn't have uh, hoped for anything better, though. I mean, I, I kind of always, I, I've always been a family person, so I would have loved to stay close to, uh, you know, California, Northern mm-hmm. California. Um, but uh, I never realized how good of a situation I came into uh, in Toronto because, um, you know, they were struggling. And yeah. if a team is doing really well, then no chance yeah. is a young guy going to get a shot. Yeah. Right. Um, but they, they were struggling and we had a coach there, John Carver, who, you know, he looked at me in the preseason and, and, and thought, OK, he's got it. I want to give him a shot, you know. And, and so you always in your career, as you know, you need good people around you that that give you a chance, that believe in you, that build you up. Um, and, and so that that start kind of, uh, you know, was was uh, I couldn't have dreamt it better. Right. You know, sometimes a goalkeeper's career doesn't even start till they're 30. Exactly. Yeah. You start playing. You yeah. came in young and were playing. And I remember watching Toronto games and you keep track on the other rookies and what they're doing and you were playing right from the beginning. Um, 
your time in Toronto, though, then you had the injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, talk back through some of those moments. Because I think, you know, some of the stuff's important, like in an athlete's life. Like, you know, you can win an MLS Cup MVP, you can win the championship. But maybe now, because it's a few years ago, people forget that you actually went through a very difficult time in Toronto with Absolutely. the injuries. So go back kind of in that moment. What was happening for you then? Um, yeah, it was a very dark place. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a very, very serious injury. Um, one that you you know, you could potentially be done after that. Um, and and we don't know the severity of, of Jordan's yet, but uh, mm-hmm. it's something that I, I let him know right away that, hey, I've, I've been in a dark place. Yeah. Uh, I know. I know what you're going through now and what you will be going through. Um, so I'm trying to uh, to tell him, you know, the struggles that I had because uh, it's one thing. I've always been very positive. So uh, yeah. I, I remember I had that injury. I think it was on a Friday, the day before a game, before our, our, our home opener, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, uh, I think within 24 hours, I was like, okay, what are we doing? What, what, what do I do? You know, I was very much uh, very driven to 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 maximize uh, on what I could do and just just try to get better as soon as possible and stronger. Um, I think one thing that I, I, I wasn't aware aware of was was the mental side of it, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, coming back from that injury, I think I was in the best shape of my life. I mean, I was mm-hmm. I was doing pull ups for about a year. <laughs> I, I, can, um, I can see it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was massive, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but coming back and then um, in a naive way, expecting to uh, to uh, deserve mm-hmm. getting getting something out of that hard work. Because I came back and within 44 minutes of my first preseason game, I broke my nose. Yeah. And, and that's when mentally it hit me. I was devastated. And uh, I, I mean, I, I went to, uh, um, I went to uh, a sports psych. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I needed help mentally. Yeah. I, ne- I needed someone to oh, walk yeah. me through, uh, uh, through this uh, dark, dark place and, and show me some light. And I was fortunate because... Uh, in Toronto, you know, they had a strong connection with the Leafs and, and the Raptors. And so I was able to see the sports psychologist that, that they mm-hmm. see. And, uh, I mean, I've, like I said, I've told these, these, these things to, to Jordan already. Good. Because uh, um, you can come out of this whole mess stronger. And I think it was very important for me. Um, and it shaped me into how I view every day as a blessing. Uh, being mm-hmm. on a soccer pitch and realizing that every day could be potentially your last day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so I think uh, that, that has shaped me in, in a good way. But I think if you don't do it the right way, there's also room for you coming out mm-hmm. the wrong way. Yeah, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And I'm glad you've had that um, talk with Jordan. It's so important, especially the mental side of it. Yeah. Um, let's give some people a bit behind the scenes kind of people don't really know you know what goes into um, being like a high level professional athlete for you a home game at 7 p.m on a saturday what's your game day routine if you know you have a game that evening um i um it's changed over the years but now what a home game i like to just maybe have a a good brunch um make sure you go to bed before at a decent hour you know uh, hydration at that point has already stepped up about 48 hours before the game kicks off uh try to take that into overdrive um a good, a good brunch um maybe some rest um you know some uh uh a, a nice little nap with my with my wife and my dogs mm-hmm. um and then just uh, something small to eat before um i i, I like to really the, the one thing that i hate is being 
unnecessarily stressed mm-hmm. because because there's going to be um, every game you get the butterflies. Yeah. Uh, I, I say this to young guys: if you don't get butterflies, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't want I don't need extra butterflies because I'm stuck in traffic and I'm and I'm mm-hmm. I'm rushing to go to game. So I, I'll try to show up to to CenturyLink to. Uh, an hour to an hour and a half before I'm even supposed to be there, mm-hmm. you know, because then I can take my sweet time. I can, uh, you know, get in the hot tub, uh, yeah. just just properly prep myself and not have to worry about things. Yeah. What about a day off? How does that, you have no, no training, no appearances, no meetings, nothing. You have 24 hours. Uh, uh, it, it depends. Um, I, I can go months without uh, drawing and using my creative side um, sometimes it's it's a five six hours of drawing uh, nice. at other times I like to go to uh, Banya five which nice. is a, a great spot Russian bathhouse yes. and and the best thing about it I think besides the obviously contrast that you're doing is mm-hmm. you surrender your phone when you go yeah, in yeah, so for yeah. about two and a half three hours you're just I love that place yeah. right you're just I think that's very very important in, in uh, when you have a job that's uh, I uh, got some stress involved just to kind of turn off uh, yeah. at times. And, and, and sometimes it's just actually not doing anything, just play video games and relax. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, young guys too, again, this is maybe when you, when you get older and you have experience, uh, when someone tells you to take time off, yeah. um, really yeah. value that and yeah. make sure you take time. It's not always about going 100%, go, 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 right. go. You got to make sure you, you balance it out and, and know when to just take a chill pill for a little bit. All right. And then real quick, two big games this week. Yeah. Where the team at, and what are you hoping to get from both games? Um, well, first game, simple advance. Yeah. Um, you know, we uh, uh, we're going to be at home, and and we can you know say that it was difficult down in uh, in El Salvador, the conditions with the field, and doesn't suit our style and whatnot. But okay, we have to back that up. We're home now. Uh, we can we we have to uh, uh, dominate. We have to possess, and I think if we can do it in a fashion that I know. Uh, we want to and we're capable of, like I said, uh, uh, dominating possession-wise and yeah. really building out of the back and, t- and wear them out, essentially. Uh, get a good result that way. I think that will lead us into into some confidence for the weekend, um, which will be a difficult game. You know, I think yeah. uh, uh, I, there, there's absolutely no pressure on LAFC. Yeah. I mean, they, they could kind of, kind of come in here and, and uh, open themselves up if they lose here 3-4-0. Um, People will say that's that's the welcome to the yeah. league, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but if they go and uh, and expose us or or are able to uh, get a cheap one here and there and and get a get a two one result or something, then that's that's very likely too, right? So we have to be very very careful. But um, this first game, I think, um, treating this with, uh, with with the utmost respect, getting a result will help us for the second game. Steph, always a pleasure, man. Thanks always a pleasure. Me. Always a pleasure. Um, wish you a great season. Thank um, you. Just continue to keep building. But thanks for stopping by, man. My pleasure. Let's see you again. Stay tuned. We're gonna have a lot more on this episode of Winging It with Zakwani. That was Stephen Fry. We'll be right back. The next game is the most important game. We're we're gonna get back to that. That served us well in 2016, and the most important game is the next game. So I'm gonna put out the best lineup for Thursday and then we're going to assess and then we're going to put out the best lineup for Sunday and then we're going to reassess and hopefully if we have a good performance on Thursday we'll assess for Wednesday but it's every game is is a critical game for us 
And welcome back to Winging It with Zach Wani. I want to once again thank Stefan Fry um, for his time. Always very much appreciated. Always one of the most well-spoken guys on the team and one of my favorite players now to watch. Certainly my favorite goalkeeper um, to watch in MLS. I want to get to a couple more of your questions. Um, Dave Clark, you sent in a question. Asked, which youngster under contract will make the big step into competitive minutes um, for the Sounders? And, you know, I don't know if Handwala Buana counts as an S2 player at this point or he's going to be a strictly a first-team player, but I've been on record already saying I'm on that bandwagon. I think he has a lot of talent. Is he ready right now to contribute? Um, probably not. Probably not. He's going to need some time, but he does have all the tools it will take to be successful at the next level as long as he keeps learning, keeps listening, and I think he is that kind of kid who'll do that, so that's where my money would go. Another question coming in wants to know, the way the Sounders are built right now, does it suit a more counter-attacking style or is it a team built for possession? Between the two, with Jovan Jones now gone, I'm going to say it's definitely leaning more towards a possession-based team. Nico's one of his biggest strengths. Osvaldo, one of his biggest strengths. One of Clint's biggest strengths. One of Victor's biggest strengths. It's passing. This team can keep the ball. Even a guy like Gustav Svensson, he's in there. He can pass and keep the ball. There's not that much speed in the team. And now with Jordan Morris out, you've lost a lot of speed unless you sign a really quick DP who's like for like with Jordan Morris. So, of course, you can still counter-attack. You're a talented team. They're going to figure out ways to do it. But Brian Schmetzer has on his staff Preki. He has Gonzalo Pineda, guys who prefer an attacking possession-style-based football. So I think we'll see that a lot more than sitting back, trying to hit teams on the counter. And quite frankly, the Sounders team is built to keep the ball for long stretches. And the key now will be finding the balance between doing that and then at times going um, route one, as we call it in England, just direct over the top and trying to get in behind. As always, keep your questions coming in throughout the week. We'll check the ask Zach hashtag whenever we can and we'll always try to get to your questions and answer them. Before we go, I want to give you my three big things for this week that I've been focusing on. And the first one is these two games coming up. It's important for the Sounders to get a fast start. And what do I mean by that? It's the past couple of years, I think the team have kind of come stumbling out of the block. There was the year when Oba left and it was a slow start. Then it was last year. Was it a hangover after MLS Cup? Possibly, but it was a slow start. We want to see the Sounders get out to a very fast start. Can we win five, six of the first 10 games? And that begins by a good performance and win on Thursday to set the tone. And then LAFC coming in here as an expansion team and letting them know hey, you're, you're, you're in the big boy league now and we're going to take you apart at home. You don't just come into Central Link. You don't just come into Seattle and pick up points. It's going to be an extremely uncomfortable evening for you. We did that in 2010 when the Union, Philadelphia, first joined the league. We went right at them. We won that game. We set the tone and we had a, not a great start to that season. We didn't pick up. So hopefully the Sounders team can win on Sunday and get a fast start to the season. Don't depend on a late-season surge or a mid-season signing. The quality is here, and then a signing coming in should only reinforce that. The second team is kind of tied into that, is the importance of the regular season. I said a couple years ago that the litmus test for if the Sounders are the best team in the league isn't winning MLS Cup. Winning MLS Cup is the way our system here in the States is set up. It's what's rewarded. It makes sense, but it is a six-week competition. The best team in the league is a team that's the best team over 34 games. And if you can do that, 
and win MLS Cup, then you're undisputedly, undoubtedly the best team in North American soccer. And for the Sounders now, is over 34 games. Can the Sounders be in that supporter shield chase? One, you want to prove you're one of the best teams. Two, you want to increase your chances of hosting an MLS Cup at home should you get to the final. So for this Sounders team now, it's not, are we sixth or seventh place outside looking in and then trying to figure out how many points do we need from August through to October to get into the playoffs? No. Is can we be in the leading pack, if not the leader? Kind of the standard that Dallas set for from maybe 2014 and 2015 seasons where um, Dallas was, you can see that they were being built to be a team that can play for the long haul. They fell off the rails last year too. Before that, when I played, it was the LA Galaxy. They were the team that was very, very strong for long stretches of the season. So for the Sounders, we hopefully will be able to see that. And the third thing, which is for me the most important thing, is the Jordan Morris injury. As an analyst, if I'm analysing this, what this means for the team, you lose a player who looks very sharp. He was, for me, the best player in the preseason game I saw down in Tucson against Portland. He came into the season hungry, fit, looked ready to go, ready to kind of get back to his rookie year form. And you're going to miss that. You're going to miss a lot of pace. You're going to miss goal-scoring ability. A guy who can stretch the fences. So from that perspective, it's a big loss. The Sounders will be fine. In this sport, even when I got injured back when I played, the team was fine. You go on, you figure out ways to get better. On a personal note for Jordan Morris, I've been in those shoes. I've had an injury where your season is for sure over. So I know exactly what he's feeling right now. The good news, what I'll say to you, Jordan, is ACLs have happened before and people have come back. And for you, if you need inspiration, look no further than your teammate, Roman Torres, who had a very serious ACL injury, returned, scored the winning penalty kick in MLS Cup, scored the goal that took Panama to the World Cup. I mean, he's bounced back in an incredible way. And that's all the motivation and inspiration you need, Jordan. And I've no doubts Jordan Morris will be back. Um, He's a young, hungry player. We saw so much football ahead of him. His career is ahead of him. It definitely is a major setback, but he'll be fine. He'll return. The Sounders faithful will rally around him. And Jordan, if you're listening, I wish you the best, get well soon, and you're going to be the breakout star and comeback player of the 2019 MLS season for sure. And that will do it for this week's edition of Winging It with Zakawani. As always, thanks for tuning in. And anywhere that you listen to podcasts, please subscribe, comment, five star what we're doing um, so we can get to the top of all your lists. Um, Really appreciate all your questions. Keep listening. We're going to be here every Tuesday afternoon. Once again, want to thank Stefan Fry. And of course, the big game coming up on Thursday in the Champions League against Santa Tecla. And then on Sunday against LAFC, Bob Bradley's LAFC. So make sure you get out there and support the boys as I know you will. Um, Until next time on Winging It with Zakawani, I'm Steve Zakawani. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 